to not be overwhelmed with stimulus, with distraction, with noise. Um, it is so helpful for our mental health. Um, and so that's why I do really feel like we have to protect those boring, quiet, awkward spaces throughout our day. And we have to start becoming disciplined to not just fill it. This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm a corporate professional during the day, a digital content creator by night, and really just a 20-something year old trying to navigate life while sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you are tuning in on today's episode. Hello friends, welcome to this week's episode of Hello 20s. Today's episode we are joined by Paul Angoni who is an author. I connected with Paul when I was 23 which is three years ago. I stumbled across his book when I was in Target. The book that I picked out was 101 Secrets for Your 20s. After I read the book I had him as a guest on the podcast which you can listen to if you haven't. It's episode 28. I know very early on in the podcast. Now he is on episode 101 which is quite a coincidence and a full circle moment as the first you know, book that I picked up of his was 101 Secrets for Your 20s. Anyways, Paul has a new book that is coming out titled Listen to Your Day. And that is a topic that we will be touching on in today's episode, how to pay better attention to your day and yourself in a noisy world that we live in, especially when distraction is only one click away. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I always have fun chatting with Paul. Welcome back to the podcast, Paul. I am so happy to have you back on here. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to, to see and talk to you again. I know. I was in my early 20s when I was walking down Target and in the book aisle, and I found your book. And I read two books, well, three books, including the new one now. And so let's just jump into it, okay? I want to yeah, ask sure. you, what inspired you to write your latest book, Listen to Your Day? Yeah, the newest book is uh, is different than my other books, right? Because I my other books were really focused to twenty something life. You know, I wrote one hundred one secrets your twenties, one hundred one questions you can ask in your twenties. Uh, but now I felt really uh, compelled to write this new book, "Listen to Your Day: The Life Changing Practice of Paying Attention." Pretty much the reasoning behind that is like my other books is because I felt like I was really struggling at this. It was a real problem where I felt like, man, I am losing the ability to pay attention to anything that matters. Yeah. My, my focus is terrible. My concentration is, 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 is terrible. Um, I'm having trouble reading books, let alone trying <laughs> to write a book. You know, I can write for a few minutes and then I'm finding myself just wandering through some internet tab to read something about anything about nothing just because I just felt like this need to be distracted. So I was really starting to realize, man, I'm addicted to some real negative habits in terms of where I'm paying my attention. So it really came out of that need, that problem, that feeling of, man, this is this is something I need to work on. I got to research about this. I got to write about this. And that's really how all of my books began is, man, I just feel like I'm failing at this. How do I do this better? And then, and then now I'm further down the road. How can I help other people do it better too? Yeah. And it's really, um, you know, we're all on our phones or all on our laptops almost 
you know, eight hours a day or more. And so it's very easy to be distracted. So I think this is a perfect gift for someone who needs a little bit more um, help with that. So it's great. Yeah. And so I've read three of your books and you've coined this term obsessive comparison disorder and also obsessive connection disorder. How do you think that affects our attention? Yeah, I think, you know, um, with obsessive comparison disorder and obsessive connection disorder, yeah, I think it's making a huge impact on our attention because we feel like we have to obsessively connect through some device almost all the time. You know, it's like any awkward pause, any space, a red light, a long line, an awkward, you know, sitting on a subway, whatever it is, it's like, let me pull out some device. And I don't think we even realize it, right? I know I have that device in front of me and I'm looking at it and I don't really think I've made a conscious decision. It's just my reflex reaction now. And then I'm scrolling through social media or better yet now, social media is scrolling for me. I I just, I'm I'm on and they're trying to make it so that I don't even have to think and even realize that I'm spending so much time or I'm looking at so many posts because it's just going to keep populating. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. You know, it's like this digital candy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like all these people that are trying to uh, constrain us and trying to capture us and trying to lure us in. You know, this is really like the stalkers of 21st century is all online and they're saying, Hey, come look over here, here. I got this piece of candy. I got this piece of candy. And we're all just kind of going with it. And we're just walking into wherever it wants to take us. And so, yeah, we're obsessively doing this and it is an addiction for a lot of us, you know, and it is a serious issue that we have to draw our attention towards so that we can do something about it. We can change the ways uh, that we, interact with our phones, that we view our day, that we pay attention to our lives, uh, instead of spending so much time mindlessly scrolling or allow scrolling to happen to us. uh, I think that's problematic and something we got to address in this day and age. For sure. And I think also it's a form of escapism going into our phone, Um, you know, because being in that awkward silence or that idle time it's just uncomfortable for us. We have so much entertainment within our hands through the phone that it's also just a, a form of es- escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really it's really not helpful. You know, it's not a pro it's not a proactive, productive break. Mm-hmm, you know, and, and sure. we do it to take that break. You know, I'm feeling stressed. I'm working too hard, so I'm going to take a break. But it's not a helpful break. It's actually the antithesis of a helpful break. Because now with that obsessive comparison disorder, right? We jump on, we're looking at social media, and now we're looking at everybody's amazing highlight reels, all the amazing stuff that everybody's doing. And so then it makes us even feel worse about the job that we're working or, you know, the relationship that we're struggling through or, you know, we're living back with our parents or whatever it is. So that escape uh, really becomes a prison and it becomes something that we just keep going around on that carousel. And we never feel like we can get away from it, but it's not helping us, you know, and that's why I'll go to a speaking engagement and I'll ask the room, you know, who spends 30 minutes, 45 minutes on Instagram or uh, TikTok or Facebook or whatever. And then you leave that experience and you think to yourself, man, that was a really good use of my time. I, I feel better about my life. I feel more productive. I feel ready to tackle the challenges of my day. 
Uh, you know, nobody raises their hand when I ask that question because I don't think anybody feels that way after we spend that amount of time uh, on social media. And so that is the telltale sign of an addiction. It's something that we don't want to do, but we find ourselves compelled to keep doing it. We don't know why. We don't know how to escape from it, but we also don't have like a better option. We don't have a better choice in our minds. And, and that's what I'm trying to get to with the book too is, hey, let's think about what are some better choices? What are some deeper more purposeful choices we can make instead of just escaping uh, into this place that we'll, we'll never really escape from. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned that we go to our phone or, or our devices as a way to take a break from work or from doing something. But it's funny because I went to the eye doctor and, you know, I work from home. I work on my computer. So I'm on the screen eight hours a day and she always tells me you know even if you're taking a break you need to take a break from the screen from work but if you're taking a break you can't just go to your phone mm -hmm. like that doesn't equate to an actual break for your eyes as well so i, yeah. I like what you mentioned there um but i want to ask you what do you think are ways that we can break this cycle well first we got to realize you know is this a problem you know we got to address the problem uh the elephant in the room and I think a lot of us don't even want to admit it. You know, we don't want to admit how much time we're spending on our phones. You know, I, I always, you know, when that's, I, I don't know if people have put the setting on their phone that will show you at the end of the week, how much time you're spending, you know, some of these different apps that you can put on your phone. It's alarming. You know, I yeah. almost felt like it was a mistake. You're like, there's no way I've spent six hours a day on my phone. Like, you know, I, I woke up at seven, I went to bed at 10 or whatever, you know, it's 15 hours. If I'm spending six, seven hours a day, well, that's half my day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's six months of my waking year that I'm spending yeah. on my phone. Well, gosh, that's a huge problem. So that's, that's the first step. And then after that, we can start making some intentional choices and we can stop being, you know, that's those Pavlovian dogs that hear the bell and answer it right away. Right. Because we're getting trained. The, all these apps, all these algorithms, AI, all this stuff is training us. Uh, and it, it knows us inside and out. Um, and it knows how we will respond. So, I mean, they're, they're made, all these things are made to be as addictive as possible. I mean, that's really their goal. Because they want us to be on their uh, thing for as much time as possible. So we can start making intentional choices for, okay, what do I do now? So there's different apps you can get that will help control, you know, help lock certain social medias, uh, certain apps uh, after a certain amount of time you've spent on it. Um, there's even simple things like, um, if, you know, for people that pre-order my book, I have like 20 different screensaver wallpapers that I've created that I've put on my phone and there's lots of different options. So one of them just simply says, do I need to jump on my phone right now? Yeah. So, I, so I'm literally, when I pick up my phone at reflex response, at least I have a question staring back at me. And, and I'm telling you something even simple like that has stopped me many times from saying, you know, no, you know, I don't need to jump. Why am I jumping on my phone? It at least gives me that pause. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually now intentionally thinking about the steps that I'm taking. Yeah. Um, or we can put our phone in a different room. You know, I think that's really helpful too. You know, if you come home, put it in a different room. Um, definitely turning off notifications. I think that's a simple step. Like we don't need to be notified about every single thing going on in social yeah. media. Um, because again, that's going to train us that we have to check every single buzz and beep 
turn off notifications. So there's lots of different ways, lots of different things that I outline in the book, different strategies, but some of those are some of the simpler ones um, that we can start saying, hey, how do I take control of this instead of allowing my devices to control me? Mm-hmm, for sure. I actually started turning off my notifications about a year or two ago. So I actually don't have any notifications on my phone. Um, so I always tell my friends, like, if you like need to reach me, call me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I do not see anything on my screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been really great for my mental health as well. Um, especially turning off notifications for social media because there's like there's always going to be a buzz here and there of like oh somebody liked your photo or somebody messaged you or something like that and every time I see it I want to reach over and check it which is really disruptive to my day and to my peace sometimes so turning off my notification has been wonderful that's great yeah I mean some simple things like that really make a big difference for sure um, so, you know, through the access of internet, we're really fortunate enough to have so much knowledge within our hands through our devices. But on the flip side of that, if we're not really intentional with what we consume, it can be very overwhelming. Um, so what do you recommend as a solution to break free from, you know, this information overload and comprehending what we actually consume when we're scrolling? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one, you know, because, you know, all this infotainment that we have now, you know, where it's quasi information, but it's mostly for entertainment. And really, that's what, again, their goal is to draw you in to spend as much time as possible consuming their content. And, and a lot of the stuff, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we view is mostly, it's mostly junk. You know, it's empty calories. It's just like self-discipline when it comes to eating. You know, if you want to uh, feel better, you want to be physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, uh, a lot of that is tied to what we put in our bodies, right? And we and we realize that, you know, we realize, hey, you know, smoking is probably not the best for me. If I drink too much, if I'm eating Rocky Road ice cream, a whole tub of it, like every, every you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, every day, that's probably not healthy for me. Well, I think we have to have, bring those same kind of metaphors and questions to the digital junk food that we're consuming all the time um, and start making some choices to cut that out of our diet. You know, what is our digital diet and what stuff do we need to cut out of? Um, because it's really not helping us. And, and whatever content that you are consuming the most of, really that is forming uh, your thought processes. That's forming your opinions. That's forming your decision-making. That's really forming who you are. So do you want to be like the content you're consuming? Do you want to be more like that or do you not? And it, and if the answer is no, I don't want to be like that, uh, again, well, that at least allows us to start making those decisions of, you know, at least, you know, I want to cut these things out of my life because, it's not helping me and it makes me feel worse about everything. And I, I don't feel like I'm physically or mentally healthy when I'm bringing this digital junk into my diet. Yeah. And, you know, our digital plate can only handle so much before we feel overwhelmed or, you know, I, I talked about this in my other uh, episode where I think social media and the internet is great in terms of 
seeing how others live and getting inspiration from that. But there's only so much you need to see of other people before you feel uninspired and unmotivated and deflated or devalued because you're consuming so much. So there's only so much our plate can handle. Just like if we go to a buffet, there's only we can only take one plate at a time, right? Yeah. And when you overdo yeah. it, you always feel bad. You always feel sick and you regret it. Right? Yeah. So, um, so we do have to think about that, you know, and just even like we talked about earlier with the breaks, you know, if I'm going to take a break, well, if you went outside and you decided to take break, just taking a walk, if you had any kind of nature around you, some trees, a lake, anything, mountains, just something away from buildings, away from noise, you know, studies are showing over and over and over again that more synapses are firing in your brain. That's doing more to fight anxiety, to fight depression. Uh, That's doing more for your mental, emotional health than any app or any social media platform could ever do. I mean, they only wish they could get that much synapses firing in your brain by you just walking around, looking around, looking at trees, just taking 10 minutes uh, and refreshing yourself in that way. And then you'll come back and you'll feel so much more productive. Uh, You'll feel ready to tackle the problems and the challenges of your day. Um, So so that's where those breaks and taking that and getting refreshment in different ways instead of, yeah, just piling more and more and more on your plate uh, and feeling sick about it, uh, but then just keep piling more on top of it. Yeah, and also I would include that, you know, going out for a walk – without any distractions, you know, no headphones is completely different than going out for a walk uh, with your headphones on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I've gotten into the habit, you know, one of the, the practices that I started creating while writing the book was, was going on a 45 minute to hour walk slash hike. It's kind of this two mile loop. It's in nature. Uh, I can see the mountains I'm in, and it's pretty secluded. So I've been doing that. I try to do that almost every day that I'm working. Um, but it was amazing me when I would go on these walks and see people, you know, how many people, probably eight out of 10 uh, on a given day, if they passed me and they were by themselves, they were listening to something in their ears. And so again, it felt like such a paradox to me. You know, we've all gone to great lengths to carve this space out in our day <laughs> to get into this secluded place. And yet we still feel this, this draw, this need, this desire to fill our ears with something. Yeah. Um, and when I go on those walks, I mean, a lot of my videos that if you, if you see my Instagram, a lot of my videos are me on this walk. So I am bringing a phone with me and I am, and I am talking to the phone, but I'm usually doing it towards the end of my hike just because I've gotten so many ideas and I've gotten excited. I'm, I'm wrestling with thoughts and then I'm like, I gotta, I gotta take note of this right now. And so that's why I create the video. Um, and so it's amazing all the revelations, ideas that I get within each day because I'm carving out this protected space and then I'm not filling it with outside noise. I'm allowing myself actually the space uh, to think. And it's amazing. It's amazing. We really don't do it. I mean, it's really becoming a lost practice in our culture. I would say, I think for some people, because they are so used to having, you know, noise or some type of distraction that not having that can feel awkward Mm -hmm. uh, for them. Um, So I know you mentioned in your book that it's important to have silence. You know, it's important to have these awkward, boring spaces. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that and how it's beneficial? 
Yeah, you know, it's um going back to you know earlier question about information and now this question about um awkward, uncomfortable spaces. Um, you know, I kind of envision like like that sponge that you might use in your kitchen when you're cleaning the dishes, right? A lot of us have had a sponge and uh, it's kind of, maybe you don't have like a good dish for it or it's constantly getting wet and it's, and it just starts smelling, right? Like the sponge you should have thrown out a long time ago. (laughs) And yet you keep cleaning your dishes with it, which is just always so wild to me. Like this dish is so disgusting and it smells and yet we're still using it to clean our dishes. Um, but it's that way because it's just, it never really is allowed the time and space to completely dry out. And because of that, it really ceases to be a functional, helpful sponge anymore. Instead of just, it's just a stinking mess. And I think that really is the case with our brains. And a lot of studies are showing that, that we're, when we never give ourselves that time and space to just completely dry out, so to speak, to not be overwhelmed with stimulus, with distraction, with noise. Um, it is so helpful for our mental health. Um, and so that's why I do really feel like we have to protect those boring, quiet, awkward spaces throughout our day. And we have to start becoming disciplined to not just fill it right away again with that reflex that we've been talking about. Um, because again, studies have shown that we, you know, when you're bored, uh, when you're feeling awkward, those are the spaces that you you come up with great ideas. Those are the times that you have great revelations. You know, those aha moments that we have in the day, those are during the mundane, boring, awkward times throughout our day. You know, that's when aha moments hit us. And if we don't put any kind of protection around those spaces, well, then we're going to miss so much. And, and we're going to miss relationships too. And, you know, the people that come through our day every day, you know, what I call not so chance encounters, you know, the odds that you're, you know, next to somebody next to this person in line, the odds that you're sitting next to this person in the airplane, you know, it's pretty wild. You know, the odds are so limited that you're with this person right there in this moment in history. And yet we miss so many of these interactions because we don't, want to talk or we don't want to make eye contact or we don't want to interact with anybody. Really. We just want to stare at our phones to tell this person, Hey, don't bother talking to me. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm not the most extroverted person in the world. I'm actually more introverted than I am extroverted. Um, so it's not like I'm, I'm this woo person that I want to meet everybody that I see, but I do want to allow myself the space and freedom to see what my day has to offer me. And you know, I, and there's been so many different times in my life that I've met amazing people and I've had amazing encounters and things that have changed my life because I just kind of allowed myself to feel awkward and be in a space and not fill it uh, just because I, I was feeling uncomfortable. Wow. I love that. And it's very true. You know, sometimes we do just look at our phone because we want to avoid any interaction, but we can miss out on so much because we are avoiding those type of interactions. There is a quote that you mentioned in the book. You said that sometimes the hard decision is to grow where you are instead of constantly pulling up your roots. What are some ways we can practice facing hard decisions? Because I think sometimes we want to escape and avoid our problems. Yeah, you know, again, I think if we start creating the practices and habits in our life where we are what, what I call listening to our day, 
where we are open and receptive to see and hear what our day is trying to tell us. Um, you know, and if you're a spiritual person, what God is trying to tell you, what, you know, what, what is the universe trying to speak to you? But, but something to the effect of, you know, I feel like each and every day we are given insights. We're given answers. Um, we're giving these amazing gifts that our day is offering us. And I think if we start creating these habits and practices, we'll feel like we have a stronger foundation from which to live our life, for which to make choices, uh, because we'll know ourselves better. We'll actually mm-hmm. know who we are. And, um, you know, we can start asking ourselves questions. So that's what I talk about in the book, too. I talk about, you know, starting your day with a good question. So it could, it could be a question like, um, you know, what are my top values? What are, what are the deep soul values that I really resonate with? Um, ask yourself that question and then go throughout the day paying attention and, and, and looking at your day through that lens of what are my values? What's really important to me? Well, now your day is going to be showing you answers to that question through maybe what you're excited about. You know, you're getting excited about a project. You're getting excited about a relationship. Well, that's pointing to some values of yours that are really important to you. So you're getting excited about it. Or maybe even through that negative emotion of anxiety. I think anxiety can be a great revealer of values and probably contradicted values. So you're feeling anxious about something and it might be because there's a value being contradicted in in your day. So maybe you're anxious that you're staying home, you you have to work late again and uh, you're not seeing your family or you're not getting home to your roommates and you really value those relationships, you know, family or, or relationships is a core value of yours but your work is not allowing you any space or time to foster those relationships. So that anxiety is actually showing you it's a lens to your values. So I think, again, as we start reframing our day, as we start listening to it and all the answers that it it contains every day, um, it'll allow us to make those hard decisions of, okay, do I just need to plant my roots and do my roots need to grow deeper? Or is it a time to to reap the harvest? Is it a time that I need to move and make a change and transition? But I do think a lot of the times we probably change too quickly. Uh, you know, I talk about that in other books too, you know, with, you know, especially when it comes to like crappy jobs, you know, if you have a bad job, you want to leave that job right away. Uh, but if you haven't learned what you need to learn there and, and maybe even grown and harnessed new skills, well, if you leave too quickly, uh, maybe, you know, probably another crappy job awaits you. Uh, because you haven't grown enough, your roots haven't grown deeper enough uh, for something deeper and more meaningful. So I think that gives us that foundation to really uh, make hard decisions in our life. Yeah. And I I like how you uh, mentioned, you know, asking yourself questions throughout the day. You're only able to hear yourself and listen to your thoughts if you're not distracted with you know, being on your phone and stuff. And, you know, asking these questions and finding the answers to these questions, it sometimes they're not easy to answer. It takes weeks or months or even years. And that's why it's really important to really ask yourself the question and then listen to yourself throughout the day and have those boring moments to really think about it and hear them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're and we're really narrowing our focus. And I think more and more we have to do that, especially now with the flood of stuff coming at us every day, 
you know, attention, paying attention to something is not a passive thing. It takes discipline. It takes awareness. And I really think we have to narrow our focus. Uh, And we do that through the questions we ask. We do that through goals. You know, that's the power of setting goals in your life. What a goal does is it sets your attention. You're now paying attention to a certain area in your life and saying, hey, this is important to me. So now when stuff comes at you throughout the day, that's contrary to that goal. Uh, well, now you're you're paying attention to it. Now you're recognizing that. And then you're making intentional choices towards the goal because we only really can see what we're looking for. And that seems basic, but it really is a profound concept that, that if we live by it, it'll really change our whole mindset is that we really only can see what we're looking for. So attention is a choice. It's, we don't we don't really see a lot of the stuff that comes in front of us. Our our brain can't uh, really take on all the information throughout the day. So we really only see what we've already intentionally chosen that we want to see. And so that that choice that we're making each and every day, um, that's why you know that's why you can have two siblings from the same family, uh, and one sibling thinks their family was terrible and hates life and is bitter. And then the other sibling loves their family, thinks their family is amazing and is an optimist. Uh, Sure, there's a lot of factors to that. But really, I think it came down to who started paying attention to what and what was their focus on? Because, yeah, you can see amazing and terrible things that family members do. But if you focus on one or the other, well, that's going to start changing the way that you really view them in your opinion. Because, again, you've chosen to pay attention in a certain way. For sure. And um, a lot of people talk about this too, is when you get clear on what you want, you'll be able to see what you want more often in life. You're, when you're going throughout your day, you see it in your day-to-day life. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and some people talk about it in the terms of like manifesting, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manifest this good stuff my way. I, I really think you just start to realize that it was there all along. You know, I don't think it all of a sudden just comes. Uh, I think it can just come or different things will come in and out of our lives. But I think we just open our awareness and our eyes to say, wow, this was actually here all along. You know, this coworker, this idea, this this book, this business idea, you know, it was there. I just, my eyes weren't open. My ears weren't open. I just couldn't see it because I wasn't paying attention. For sure. For sure. And then my last question before we wrap up this episode is, can you elaborate more on what uh, the switch cost is? You mentioned it in your book and how being a multitasker may not be as beneficial as we think it may, yeah. it is. Yeah, in the book, I try to pull in a lot of different research and studies to try to break down these different topics um, so that we get a better understanding about how our brain works, You know, what is uh, different studies showing about this. And that's one of them. Uh, that a lot of studies are showing that, you know, most of us aren't as good at multitasking as we think. <laughs> we might actually just be really good at being distracted. Um, and so we think we're able to do different things at once, but that's what the studies have shown. And they've studied the switch cost that takes place when you switch from one task to another. They are actually being less productive because it takes your brain time to catch up, it takes your body time to catch up from one task to another. And so there's even these gaps of attention, you know, and that's why, you know, they don't, you know, they don't want you on your phone. Let's say even at a red light, if you're looking at your phone and you're reading a text or reading social media, and then the light turns green and you start to go, 
Well, it might take your brain a few seconds or more before you even really are now paying attention back to the road and what's in front of you because there was a switch class that took place. And so now your focus is taking time to regain right on there, you know, so you didn't see that car that was coming really fast and was going to run the red light because your attention wasn't able to catch up uh, to that switch. So, yeah, I think we have to maybe be a little bit more honest uh, and take an audit of, you know, is it actually productive for me to be trying to do five things at once? Or would it be a lot better for me to just hone in and focus on doing this one thing, finishing it, and then trying to move on to the other? You know, obviously, there's sometimes we have to be managing a lot of different things at the same time, but at least allows us to have that conversation to, to uh, see what is the best way that I work. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, it depends on the person, but I do definitely see that, you know, switching between tasks does take a lot more energy and brain power. So maybe it isn't as great to be multi, <laughs> you know, a multitasker. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Paul, so much for joining me today and having this conversation with me. I'm really excited for, you know, uh, my audience to hear this and also to check out your book. Um, do you want to just do a little plug at where they can find you on social media? Sure. Yeah, you can find me on my uh, my website is allgrownup.com. G-R-O-A-N, all grown up. It's been the same website for over a decade. Um, <laughs> ben, you can get free chapters from the, the book there. If you want to just check out a couple free chapters, you can do it there. Uh, or you can find me at Paul Angoni. And that's A-N-G-O-N-E. It's a good Italian name, Paul Angoni. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, And I'm sharing a lot about the book right now, videos and different things. If you want to see some of those, uh, get some encouragement, some inspiration. uh, Those are on social media. So, and I'd love to connect with you. If you want to reach out, feel free to send me a message through any of these ways. Yeah, Paul is amazing. I'm so glad, you know, three years ago, I think we talked before we recorded three years ago, we connected and Mm -hmm. that was when I was in my early 20s. Now I'm in my mid 20s and we're still connected. I enjoy reading your book. You're an amazing person to talk to, amazing speaker, amazing writer, um, author. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad that you went down that target aisle. (laughs) <laughs> your attention was drawn to this book that was shining at you saying, open me, open me, open me. It was, it was made to be, it was destiny. So I'm glad yeah. that, that that happened uh, or we would have never met. So I'm very thankful. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful too. I'm very grateful. Thank <laughs> oh, you thank, so much. Thank you, on. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode.